Good morning. Thank you so much for coming out today. Uh, there's a lot of choices you could have made, right, uh, today rather than coming here, but I believe that God brought you here for a reason. Um, wasn't the band awesome? Uh, thank you, Ben and the praise band. Uh, been listening to them uh, this morning, and they're awesome. Can I, can I start with a confession? Isn't that good in church? Yeah. Ben has made like six copies of the service for me because I've lost every one of them. I just don't do good with paper, you know? <laughs> so I just had to get that off my chest before we started. Uh, I am the director of new church and con- uh, director of new church development and congregational transformation. You see, so it's so hard to remember. So I oversee in the United Methodist Church church planting. So new church, new churches being planted, and also redeveloping churches that have really lost their vision or lost their uh, reason, you know, why they exist. Uh, quite frankly, uh, your pastor, uh, Rod, helps me in that advent, uh, venture, adventure <laughs> um, in that. And so uh, we work together, some of your staff does too. Uh, I was here two years ago and I spoke at the 180 conference uh, that your church does, so I appreciate the work you do to help revitalize and give vision to churches. So thank you for that. So thank you so much. Um, Today, uh, you know, when when you talk about what you do, it's not who you are. Did you know that? So what you do is not who you are. Um, I'm Gary Stepp, uh, and I have a wonderful wife named Lori. We've been married 32 years. I uh, have three wonderful children. Uh, the youngest is 20, which makes me feel kind of old. <laughs> and I have two wonderful grandchildren. Uh, and one of them I just uh, took care of yesterday, little McCade. He's a little over a year old, and I'm chasing him around all day. Uh, and what fun is that? You know, and when you think about your life and you think about who you are and who you are in Christ, I grew up Roman Catholic. Um, and did I mention that I have a wonderful wife named Lori? <laughs> uh, she's United Methodist. <laughs> People, you know, you wonder, what, how did you become a United Methodist pastor, you know? I was in business most of my life, but then God called me to this, this place. But, you know, in our life, we have these ups and downs in our spiritual journey, right? And when I grew up Roman Catholic, uh, and I got into high school and, and kind of started making some choices, I uh, tell you what, I started drifting away from the church. I started drifting away uh, uh, from what, really what I was raised in. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced something like that, or maybe you're experiencing now. And, and what happened was, uh, through those years, I, Lori, my wife, really was a saint. She, you know, she helped me kind of get my life in order. Why she ever married me, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it took more than that. And so what happened was uh, there was this, you know, just this tearing apart inside of me. Uh, I was working for a beer distributorship at the time, and quite frankly, I was probably sampling more of the product than I should have been. (laughs) And uh, so one day, uh, I went to the United Methodist Church in Petoskey, Michigan. That's where we were going. And one day, uh, do you know how... You know, you have a place to sit. You know, you usually sit in the same place. Uh, do you usually sit there? 
Yeah, I see that. Yeah, thank you. The last lady says, no, I never sit here. I'm like, oh, you blew that. <laughs> so thank you for that, you know. Um, uh, so we would sit, you know, about like that or, you know, and, and it was, yeah. <laughs> it was just a normal day. You know, we're listening to this preacher preach, and I'm listening to this, and I'm being torn up inside. And I'm telling you what, I made the simplest prayer that day as I watched that preacher. And I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I really need direction in my life. And from that time on, it was like God grabbed a hold of my hand and said, let's go, you know. But it, 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 it just didn't happen that day, you know. There was times through my life where I was trying to bring my life under control. You know what I mean? I was trying to do it myself. I went to a Billy Graham crusade, went forward, gave my life to the Lord. You know what God spoke to me? It's like, you already have me in you. You've believed since you can remember. And I'm like, you're right. What am I missing? What was I missing that day that I needed so badly in my heart? I'm telling you what, I don't think we're living the resurrection. I was, listen, I was missing that intimacy with God. I'm telling you what, when God grabbed my hand and I started to go, I started getting more involved in the church. Um, and I was a bike shop owner at the time, by the way. And uh, I, I, I wanted to teach a, a Bible study class, but I couldn't teach it to adults. That would be too intimidating. So I started teaching the sixth grade Sunday school class just to learn the Bible. And, and when I first picked it up, I started reading the Bible, praying more. And I'm telling you, my life came to life. Do you know what I mean? And... and uh, um, it, it was just such a wondrous thing. And, and when, we, when we think about it, what, what, has the, what can the church get away from? Churches can get away from this, right? And also us as individuals can get away from that, that intimacy with God. I go to churches across the conference now and do consultations uh, with Rod and Kim and Tammy and, and Ron on their staff here. And I'm telling you, we ask them about, you know, what's, what's your relationship with God? Tell us about your journey. And they talk about the things that they do. Well, you know, I, I, I'm a trustee, or I'm on Pastor Parish, or I work in the nursery. You see what I mean? It's what we do, and, and we're kind of a try-harder kind of people, aren't we? Our, our culture is, if we just try a little harder, we'll get it right. And Paul uh, when we look at the Bible, we're going to look at Galatians, and Paul in the, in the Bible is a follower of Christ, and he talks about that don't get away from that. So he's writing a letter to a church, a group of churches in Galatia, and here's what he writes. In Galatians 1.6, he says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you through himself through the loving mercy of Jesus Christ. So what is he so shocked about? Well, it's that we get away from that intimacy, that relationships, that knowing that we're forgiven, right? Knowing that God loves us even though he knows all about us, God still loves us. <laughs> I think that's just a wonderful thing, isn't it? And so Paul says, you know, I've experienced Jesus face to face, and he gives his testimony to the Galatians about what a wondrous relationship that we can have with God. Don't try to uh, put your own boundaries in your life. Create your own laws in your life, right? 
When we, try to, when we try to do it ourselves, we make a mess of things. Amen? We do. And so what it, what it is is he was actually a Pharisee, which he was an expert in the Bible and the law. And so he was an expert about the Ten Commandments and, and how those guided your life. And the Pharisees would actually add all kinds of stuff to make sure that they were good people, you know, to make sure they're going down that right path. And he said, I am an expert at this stuff. Um, and uh, so he says in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Oh, you foolish Galatians. And I'm thinking he's speaking to us, right? <laughs> oh, you foolish Galatians. Who has cast an evil spell on you? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> in verse uh, 3, he says, How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit why are you trying to become perfect by your own human effort? And so that word there is actually flesh. Um, so you're trying to do it in your own flesh, or you're trying to do it on your own, so to speak. So in the Greek, it has three meanings. The first meaning, flesh, is just flesh. But the second meaning of flesh, uh, this nature, is why are you trying to try it so hard by yourself? I tried that. I tried doing it on my own, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Did you know that uh, in the Old Testament, only the leaders had the Holy Spirit and the prophets? And what's the difference now? This is a test. What's the difference now? Ah, Rod has done a good job here. You can tell him that. We all have the Holy Spirit now guiding and leading our lives. If, you've, you know, if you have Christ within you, you have the Holy Spirit now within you. So back then, all they had was the law to help guide their lives. So these had professionals, right, to create God, you know, these laws to guide your life. Paul's like, don't go down that road, you know, and don't try to do it yourself. And so uh, my, uh, my nephew, Britton, he is just, he uh, came to live with us a few years ago, and he was just a wonderful young man, just fired up about God, just, he is a holy young man, okay? And uh, so we're sitting there working in the basement, I'm doing some remodeling work, and he goes, you know, uh, Uncle Gary, uh, can I ask you a question, you know, about church? And I'm like, oh yeah, I wanna, you know, I'm gonna give him all my spiritual wisdom that I have, you know. Yeah, what profound question do you have for me, Britton? And he says, is it a sin to speed? Yeah, it's like, how do you answer that, huh? <laughs> I'm like, hmm, gee, did I do that on the way here to Redeemer this morning? <laughs> and then he asks another thing. He says, you know, Pastor Gary, you know, he says, you know, Uncle Gary, he says, uh, I just listen to Christian music mostly, but you've been listening to country music down here. Can you tell me why you listen to country music? You know? I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm a loss for words, right? You know, uh, speeding and country music. Uh, but do you see, if you create boundaries in your own life, if you start to define that I'm a good person because I don't speed, right? And I don't listen to country music, but that pastor down the road, he's a speeder and he listens to country music, you know? You see how easily it is that we can kind of one-up one another? Huh? Come on. Amen. 
<laughs> and so uh, when you think about it, churches tend to do this too. And I think they're getting away from it. It's called legalism, right? And so the CRC Church, Christian Reform Church, I'm in Grand Rapids now, surrounded by Christian Reform, but I hear stories, right? You know, what what are some of the stories uh, that you've heard that that people can't do? Huh? So dancing. Am I running out of battery? (laughs) So dancing, watching movies, literally if they watch TV, if they had an antenna on the roof, I was, my neighbors are telling me this, they were ostracized. Do you see how we create these artificial boundaries in our life? You know, I don't have an antenna on my roof. Actually, they hit them in the attic. I just found out this later. <laughs> and so we create these artificial boundaries in our, in our life and in our churches to make us feel better, right? And that this one uh, person from Grand Rapids, when I was pastoring in Indian River, came up to me and asked me, so Pastor Gary, I just need to know this. Is it a sin to golf on Sunday? And I'm a golfer. And I said, you know, only if you shoot only over your handicap, because then it's like work. <laughs> only your golfers will get that. <laughs> the Masters is on today, so it's like a national holiday for me. <laughs> but when you think about this speeding thing, and you think about breaking the law and speeding, Well, you know, if you're going a little bit over the speed limit, generally the the police won't pull you over. Uh, There's probably a state trooper going in there. (laughs) But I've, you know, you've driven past state troopers, right? Maybe going over the speed limit, you know, you forgot, you know, just kind of got carried away. But when you think about the Holy Spirit in your lives, when God is guiding your lives, you know, you think about driving there. So if you're, you can get a ticket for driving too fast for conditions, right? What does that mean? Well, usually it means you got in an accident and the cop gives you a ticket because you were driving too fast for the conditions. But, you know, but it took you to get in an accident first. <laughs> and so when you think about the Holy Spirit guiding, it's the guiding. Time to speed up, but time to slow down. Time to watch for traffic. Time, you know, the conditions are so bad you have to slow down or pull over or stop. Can you imagine having that kind of guidance in your life? And so when Jesus starts to talk about the Holy Spirit, in the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus begins to unpack what the Holy Spirit can mean in our lives as Christians. Uh, In John 14, uh, Jesus says, If you love me, obey my commandments. So he's given us boundaries, but he says this, Uh, Then I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth. Who wants that? If you want to find true freedom in your life, right? If you want to find your true self, uh, what Jesus is saying is go to the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit in your life to guide you in those areas. He also says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, so the Holy Spirit is going to witness for Jesus while the Holy Spirit is in you. Uh, That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So did you ever have those times when when you're kind of reading Scripture and it's like coming alive to you? That's the Holy Spirit. I think that's... Uh, we can be missing that in our lives, and we can be missing that in the churches. And so when you think about what does the Holy Spirit have to offer us, I have a list. 
The Holy Spirit, I think, brings us intimacy with God. When I was early on, right after that prayer that I prayed, uh, I, got, I went to a, a Holy Spirit conference in the Roman Catholic Church. It was 2,000 people there. This priest came up to pray for me, and he said, he just looked at me. I didn't know him from Adam. And he looked at me, he says, keep praying for your calling. And I was in that bike shop at that time. My heart melted. This priest was speaking into me a Holy Spirit. And I, I mean, God just spoke to me that. When he prayed over me, it was like God was breathing on me this close. Have you ever experienced that kind of intimacy with God? Where God can breathe on you, the breath of life. I think it also connects us to Christ and reminds us that it's about Christ that's helping us guide our lives. That Christ is the model for our lives. But it also gives us the witness to be bold and go out there and tell people about Jesus. Folks, that's how we grow. That's why we're here. Did you know that? The church exists for the people not here yet. Think about that. So it reminds us to be a witness for Christ. It guides our conscience like I said, you get this personal advisor inside of you. As such a, when I looked it up on the definition, it's like a personal advisor can advise you in careers, education, health, lifestyle, right? Can you imagine having and being able to uh, access the Holy Spirit to help guide you in these directions? When I hear people say, you know, I'm buying a house or I'm doing this, I'm doing that, having another, I'm thinking, is the Holy Spirit guiding your line? Because it's so much more powerful to have the creator of the universe being able to guide your lives. I think that's exciting. And it also gives us strength. Did you know that this is a tough world sometimes to live in? We can get a lot of curveballs thrown at us, can't we? And the longer you're here, the more curveballs it seems like get thrown at us. And so did you ever hear anybody say, I don't know what I would do without my faith. My faith got me through. What it is, it's the Holy Spirit undergirding and helping you through those times. It's the Holy Spirit that will encourage you. It's the Holy Spirit that will uplift you. And we need that, don't we? Because we're a culture of, we can do it on our own. We can deal with it on our own. But Paul says there's a better way. There's a resurrected way, a living way. And so you go back to the Galatians in 516. Uh, I love the way Paul writes. So now he's talking about, he's warning us. Now he's talking about living in the Holy Spirit. In, uh, in uh, 516, Paul says, So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Remember when I talked about the flesh? So you have the flesh, which is regular flesh, three meanings in the Greek. The second one is trying to do it on your own. This third one is a little deeper. It's your unredeemed nature. What is that, Gary? <laughs> well, your unredeemed nature is the place that you never let God into that place. You never let the Holy Spirit into that place. And don't tell me you don't have a place like that. We, Paul is going to say, and he's going to tell us, guess what? We all have a place like that. 
He says, then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. I love this confliction. Uh, The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And then he says this powerful verse in verse 17, circle it, put it in your memory bank. These forces are constantly fighting each other and your choices are never free from this conflict. Do I get an amen for that one? Come on, folks, I know. But gosh, to me, Paul says, oh, you've made sense of my life. You've made sense of these internal conflicts. So some of these conflicts, mind you, are big ones. Like when my life's out of control, right? When, my, when I needed the prayer, you know, I just need direction. But then, you know, we can tweak right? We can tweak our lives as we get closer to God, and so there's smaller things in our life that God is going to be speaking into, okay? And so he goes on to say, um, (laughs) uh, he goes on to say uh, and, and, and reminds us that there's a better way, right? And if you think about if Jesus is the model, and Paul is, pro- is doing this himself, what are the three things that Jesus does constantly in his life? This is a test. Thank you! So we, Jesus, we see Jesus stopping and actually separating himself, right? And when their decisions are, are high, right? Jesus is really taking some time out to pray. The other thing he does is he, he's in a small group. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> right? I believe that he had 12 in the small group. And I believe he had two accountability partners uh, named James and John in that accountability group. Isn't that cool? Jesus is the model. And what's the third thing? Jesus really knew his Bible. (laughs) He was human. He had to learn that stuff, you know? He had to read that. And he read it, he knew it, and he could show you how it applied and how it guided and directed him. So it's simple when we add these three three things into our life. Do you have those three things in your life? Right? Paul says what happens is if if we don't, add these things in our life that when we follow the desires our sinful nature in verse 19 the results are very clear in other words we're going to get directed in areas in our life that are going to crash will crash and burn and he says sexual immorality impurity and lustful pleasures right so we see a world broken with sexuality Uh, you turn on the tv and there's you know, there's images that we shouldn't even be watching on TV, right? And so we see this brokenness that will get into our lives. How about uh, in idolatry and sorcery? So we also have excessive, excessive admiration or love shown for something or some things. We like to, you know, put things up on a pedestal, don't we? And the other thing is, well, sorcery can actually mean addictions, so those things can, these things can kind of take over our lives. Quite frankly, that's where I was. And then you have uh, 
the relationships, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, uh, dissension, division, envy. Uh, so we have uh, these things attacking our relationships when we don't got, let God into these areas of our life and take them over. How about, uh, then he ends with drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Woo! What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is ushering into the earth, right? Is coming in uh, to the earth. In other words, those areas in your life will never be resurrected. You can't live fully and completely in those areas of your life if you don't let the Holy Spirit in. Let the kingdom of God resurrect you in those areas. And so, what would it look like uh, to have this fruit in your life? Well, uh, did I tell you that I rode, rode bicycles? Or I had a bike shop. <laughs> I am not going to ride this off the stage, but I want to. <laughs> so this is one of my this is well one of my bikes. I have a couple, um, and it's a Bianchi. Uh, somebody said in the first service, "You really didn't pay twenty two hundred and fifty dollars for this bike." I'm like, "No, I own the bike shop, but that's what it re retailed for." Can you imagine? Uh, and that was in 1992, right? And so every spring I get up and I'm a bike rider. I love to ride my bike. So these are the nuances that the Holy Spirit kind of you know, pushes you on. Guess what, I, guess what I want every spring? A new bike, right? I, so I'm out riding this, this spring and I'm riding down the road and this young kid, you know, about 25 years old, strapping, you know, muscles, passed me like I'm standing still and he's riding a brand new Bianchi. You know, my bike, I'm like, oh, but I think it was, you know, it's, you get those God reminders in your life, right? That, you know, everything I have is because of God. And that I need, the, I need that reminder, those nuances, those little pushes, those little reminders to remind me that, you know, maybe I don't need a new bike. My wife reminds me of that all the time, by the way. <laughs> She's my second Holy Spirit voice. <laughs> but we need those other voices too, don't we? This verse I'm preaching on has been gnawing at me for six months. Six months. Because God's trying to do a work in me. You see? What is gnawing at you? What, what? And so God will speak into your life but what is conflicted in your life? Is your life out of control or you just need a little tweaking? You ready to pray the most dangerous prayer you ever prayed? It's a prayer to the Holy Spirit. If you're willing, pray with me and repeat after me out loud. Close your eyes. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come into those areas of my life that I have never let you in before. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Gracious God,
I pray you pour out your Holy Spirit on these folks that have gathered here today, that have opened up their hearts to you. And I pray the Holy Spirit continues to work at them, surround them and guide them and lead them into all truth. Thank you, Lord, for this time together that we can come in intimacy and talk to you like this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.